It's the Not So Bon Voyage podcast, episode 18. On this week's episode, we talk about being detained in North Korea, pirates on cruises, and the in-flight stalker. Grab your luggage, let's get out of here. And then the train got lost. How does the train get lost when it's on rails? I just want to get out there, in the wild. Well, it was in the itinerary. I mean, adventure, it's calling. Ladies and gentlemen, it's been excellent. What about all the other birds? Yeah, I know. One oh kid, there's no way he's going to be able to carry God, three. it's the Not So Bon Voyage podcast. This <laughs> is Jules. Welcome back to episode 18. And if you are tuning in early, you're hearing us doing some bird observation because there are some birds outside. We fed them peanuts and one crow has decided to take all of them. He's been so greedy. He can't fit three in his mouth. So he's just leaving. He just can't handle it. He can't handle the peanuts. He, has, he keeps putting one down and picking up two and then putting them down. He's, oh, he oh got we three. got three. He got three. He, got he three. did. Oh, he did it. He you got greedy three. freaking crow. Welcome back to the Not So Bum Voyage podcast. I am Jules. I am Christine. And this is episode 18 and you've just tuned in to us watching some crows outside in our place in Vancouver where we still are. We are housebound because it's raining now. We did get the van started but we are basically prisoners in our own house because the rain won't stop and I don't know how people do it. I don't know, man. That's why we like to live in the Bay Area. This is a lot. Or Bali or being in Australia. Or Bali. We are suffering from SAD, which is seasonal... Affective. Affective disorder. disorder. It basically means you get SAD because it's not sunny enough. And I think it's real. The struggle is real. Yeah, the struggle is real. But luckily, we have some funny travel stories to keep us light and bright today. That's right. The struggle is real. We're sad, but the cure is stories of when shit goes wrong on the road, because that is what the Not So Bon Voyage podcast is all about. We are going to enlighten your day... So if you're listening to this on a Monday morning or maybe Tuesday or whenever it is during the week, it doesn't really matter as long as you're listening to it, you chuck your headphones in, you get transported to a story time where somebody else is having a a much worse day than you. Yeah, you can feel better about your life. Yep, that's it. And so without further ado, we're going to jump. We're not going to, you know, we're going to waste your time rambling about what we're doing. We're going to tell you about how we've been having adventures. We're just going to get straight into the stories. Let's do it. I'm excited. All right. My in the news story today is called Check Your Receipts. Love it. And it is on the back of last week's stories about international credit card scams and some people who have some pretty unfortunate miscalculations. Christine told the stories about a man in Costa Rica who got charged over $4,000 US for ice cream. That was so whack. Whack. And about a man in Jamaica who got charged $7,500 US for what Christine could only describe as a very ugly vase and some child's dress. And like some sort of halter top outfit situation. Yep. Either way, probably wasn't worth that much. And this story... Now, you thought that was pretty bad. That was bad. That was so much money. Are you kidding me? That was a lot of money. But my story today really takes the cake for credit card miscalculations. And this story was sent into us over Instagram from Claire. She is a fellow travel blogger and actually somebody we met, a friend... Uh, she's a travel blogger, Curious Claire, and we're going to link to her in the show notes and in the description. And she's now a first-class voyager, so thank you. Welcome to the club. Do, do, do. And thanks. We should have a thing. So, do, 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 do. And thank you for sending in a story. We love it. And this one really does take the cake when it comes to, or maybe it takes the beer when mm, it comes to okay. miscalculations. So this story is about a guy called Peter Laylor, and he's from Australia. And he is a cricket journalist, and he's over in England 
to cover a very famous cricket series called The Ashes. Christine is nodding I her head. I've heard, heard of it. I've heard of it. You've heard of it. you heard of it. And Peter was staying at the Mel Mason Hotel, and he wanted to unwind after a hard day of cricket reporting, which I'm pretty sure is very easy because cricket, especially test cricket, is a pretty slow game. It would be hard not to fall asleep. Oh, so maybe that was the struggle. Maybe that was the struggle. So he wanted to unwind with a nice cold beer and ordered himself a Douches IPA. That is the name of the beer? I think so. D-E-U-C-H-E-R, Douches. So he probably should have known by the beer. He was charged $5.50 pounds for a pint of beer, or maybe it was a bottle. But either way, it's about $7. US dollars. So okay. it's pretty standard, nothing out of the ordinary. Everything's pretty good. So the barmaid, she brings over the, the credit card thing. He signs it. Everything's good. And there we go. End of story. Or was it? Hmm. Poor Peter thought that he was being charged $5.50 pounds for one beer. And in fact, he was charged £55,000. pounds. <gasps> In fact, with credit card charges and international fees, it actually worked out to be £55,315, which is the equivalent of US dollars or a clean 100000 Australian dollars for one beer. Holy shit. Okay, so, well, that's bananas. So if you think you feel bad spending $4,000 on an ice cream, think about Peter, who actually spent... 100,000 Australian dollars for one fucking beer. That's pretty brutal. That is brutal. And guess what? The money left his account. <gasps> what the hell? So he said, Australians find England pretty expensive usually, but this takes the cake. That's a lot of money. I'm just a cricket writer. I don't earn big bucks, and this is costing me an interest. The interest. Oh, because of the credit card chart, like and credit card fees. Seriously. Oh, my God. <gasps> so the hotel apologized. So basically he says he got the receipt. He didn't have his glasses on, his reading glasses on at the time. He didn't ask for a receipt. But when he signed for it, he just had this kind of weird feeling like, I should probably check that or like, did what? Was that, you know, when you feel like, was that right? Should I have checked mm-hmm. that? And so he asked the person, the bartender, if he could have a look at the receipt. And then she looked at it and she was like, oh, what the fuck? He says she started giggling. Oh, she was like, maybe oh, she's a nervous giggler. Well, like she me. might have been a nervous giggler. Then she was like, oh, he was like, ah, oh, seriously. And then she was like, um, don't worry, we'll work it out. And then he was like, no shit, you're going to work it out. Oh my well, what god! What the hell? The bar manager gets called over and says, like, he's on to it. They'll work out a refund. But two days later, the guy's wife calls him from Australia and says that the money actually got taken out of their account. <gasps> That sucks. They couldn't just cancel it immediately? I'm not sure. They should pay for his credit card charges. Like his Well, interest. he got charged over a thousand dollars, a thousand pounds, so like a couple of thousand dollars just in the international transaction fee. They need to pay for that because otherwise that's so messed up. Yep. So this is just another classic example of look at your receipts before you sign for them and before you add your pin into it because Otherwise, you can get charged $100,000 for a beer. And check your decimals, people. Seriously. People at the weight. And this is not staff. like one of those situations where you're in a different country with a weird currency that... That was... Know, a, so my cases where the currency conversion was... Yes. like the It was in the wrong currency. But this is a decimal problem. Yes. If you know what I mean. So they put in 550000. Mm, that mm-hmm. is messed up. Uh, and so here's an interesting thing that I read, though. Uh, as a part of this case, a spokesman for Visa said, 
Visa does not make decisions to authorize payments. It is a responsibility of a cardholder's bank who will make a decision based on a number of factors, including the funds available. So Visa, who basically doesn't really have much to do with it. The right. bank is the one who should be allowed. Like, what bank allows somebody to make a $100,000 one-off charge? Right. Well, that's the question is it's, yeah, especially in a foreign country. Yeah. That, they really should have caught that. That's bad, bad job, whatever bank that is. Bad, bad job. Bad, bad job. So I don't know. I'm assuming he made his, he got his money back and got a refund. I don't know what the follow-up is. I actually sent him a tweet and he hasn't replied to me. Mm. You know, mm. there you go. Well, he's probably busy watching cricket. Yes, but if I do find out, I'll let you guys know. But I just thought that was interesting because we talked about those ones last week and I thought that was crazy and then this guy comes along and spends $100,000 on a beer and I think, well, you win the award. You win. You win, dude. Should, we should have an award for somebody. Yes. I mean, I don't think anyone will ever beat this guy. Yeah, well, but, you know, maybe. You never yeah. know. It seems to be something that's happening these days. Check your receipts, Check your everybody. Receipts. That is my travel takeaway. I love it. Check That's your in the receipts. News. That is crazy bananas. Cuckoo bananas. Okay. Well, mine is a little bit different. My in the news. So this is about a woman who is about to board an American Airlines flight to Chicago. She gets a text while she's in the waiting area about to get on the flight that says, Hi, Ashley. How are you? She doesn't know who this number is. They know her name. Her name is Ashley. I think I know this in the news. Have you? Okay. Yeah. So Is this a recent one? Yeah. She's like, she's so sweet. She sounds really sweet. She's like, I'm good. Thanks. And then she's like, I don't know who, who this is. Like, who is new this? New number. Who dis? Exactly. New phone. Who dis? And the texts get creepier and creepier, saying things like, you look gorgeous in your gray top today. So she was in a gray top, and they somehow knew that, which is like, okay, well, I'm in the TV show You, so it's fine. I'm, I have a stalker. It's, it's cool. Hey, you. I hey see you, you over there. In your with, gray top. In your gray top with your overpriced sandwich that you bought at Hudson's. <laughs> I, I see you there with your magazine. I see you with your away luggage. You're trendy, aren't you? You like to be on the go. If you haven't seen the TV show You... Go Netflix binge it right now. We watched it all. We watched the first season in one day. So please don't tell me you don't have enough time to watch the TV <laughs> show you. Okay, commit. Back to the story. Finally, the texter says his name is Ahmad and he works for uh, American Airlines. So she boards the plane and he keeps texting her even when she's on board. And he's like, I'm on board now. Are you going to Chicago too? And at this point, she's just like, can, like, you need to stop texting me. This is getting ridiculous. He's like texting her that he can give her like good seats on flights, access to lounges, free flights, all oh, this stuff. Oh, hello. This is Ahmed, your captain speaking. <laughs> I don't think he was a captain. Basically, she flags down a flight attendant who makes sure that he stops sending her the texts. When they land, he gets escorted off the plane by security guards. But who is he? He is some guy, I don't know if he's a flight attendant, but he basically got her number off the luggage tag. So he might be somebody who works behind the luggage thing. Isn't that creepy? He so got her number on, off of her luggage tag. But he's tag. on the flight. He's on the flight. Well, sometimes airline employees go on flights to get to another area. All right, so area. this is a guy who has found this girl, seen her luggage, got her number, messaged yes. her, and now he's arrested. And now he's, I don't know if he got arrested, but he's 
basically stalking her. And apparently this isn't the first time this guy's done this. He's since been fired from American Airlines. Understandably. And now Ashley is suing American Airlines because she initially contacted them to make sure the man was disciplined. And they she never heard back like months later. So now she's suing them. Okay, so what what would be his charge here? Like, what would be unless he was sending inappropriate texts? Well, I don't think she's suing him. I think she's okay. suing the airline for negligence because apparently this has happened before, and you know it's potentially putting a, a customer in a like dangerous situation. Okay, but like, let's just talk legalities here because mm-hmm. we know that we're very versed in law. Yes, we are extremely versed. What would be? I'm, not I'm saying, more of a I'm, class action lawyer. Yes, you are. Uh, I'm not saying that this is a good thing, obviously, and especially if he was sending unsolicited, you know, inappropriate things. Mm-hmm. But what would he actually, what law would he have broken here? I don't think he got arrested. Okay. I think he just got fired. Oh, okay. That, I, mean, I mean, it's, it's hella it, creepy. Don't get me wrong. So I'm, not defending, I'm not defending the guy. It's super creepy. No, I don't think it, I don't think it would be against Small the law. Small part of me is like, good initiative. Mm-hmm. No? Well, small, small part of me was like, mm, access to lounges, free flights. Oh. Ashley, are you sure you want to turn this down? Obviously, that's a joke because, no, you would not want to be with anybody who's a stalker. Why? Because this is free, potentially like said, dangerous. Like we said, free lounges, free access lounges, to upgrades. Good seats. I wonder if this guy really had access to that anyway. Probably not. Probably not. Chill out, Ahmed. You can only get so far. You can only. He might be able to plastic wrap your bag for free, but that's about it. <laughs> that's the only privilege He'll you're actually getting. make sure your bag doesn't, when it has a fragile sticker on it, it doesn't get thrown onto a cart. Exactly. Okay. He'll make sure it doesn't get lost. There you go. So there you go. Be careful out there with your so luggage what's a, tags. What's the takeaway then? Don't use a luggage tag. I mean, you have to use a luggage tag. I guess just the takeaway is people in those situations. Put a fake number. Don't take advantage of your little power you have, Ahmad. Mm. Don't do that. Don't do it. Don't be shitty. Don't be shitty. That's the takeaway. All right. So there you go. Okay. Stay safe, ladies. Stay safe. Alrighty, main story time. My main story today, I actually didn't give it a title, and I'm going to enter it with a small disclaimer that it's not the happiest story. Mm. It's very interesting, and a lot of you will know the story as soon as uh, oh, as soon as I get into it, you'll be like, oh, I know what this story is because it did make international headlines. It's a very interesting case, and it's got a lot of interesting questions, but it doesn't have a happy ending. So I'm just giving you forewarning that. There may be a few jokes here and there, but across the board, being very respectful. I'll get my Kleenex out. Yes. My main story is about a man called Otto Wambia. And it's weird because I actually listened to a lot of videos of his last name being pronounced. And then as soon as I read it then, I was like, I can't remember how to pronounce it. (laughs) He is born in December 1994, raised in Cincinnati, Ohio, from the United States. He grows up as your average American suburban kid. He's pretty popular in high school, goes on to college at the University of Virginia. He has an interest in seeing the world. I think he's studying economics and things like that. Mm. He has an interest in seeing the world. He does a foreign exchange in London as part of his degree. He also gets out and about and he sees various countries in Europe. He goes to Israel, Cuba, Ecuador. So he has an interest in travel. Okay. He has an interest in learning about new cultures and things like that. Fun. In 2016, Otto was planning another study exchange, this time in Hong Kong. Mm. So while he's over in Hong Kong or over that side of the world in late 2015, he decided he wanted to get a little bit of travel in before he started his student exchange. 
Otto being the traveler who's very interested in the the different cultures and trying to you know explore things. He went to Cuba, very different place. There. Cuba's awesome. Yes. So he decides while he's over that side of the world that he decides he wants to travel to North Korea. Okay. Okay. Yes. I thought to, the name sounded familiar. Now I know where this is going. to ring a bell a little bit. Yes. I don't know a lot of details, though. Otto books a trip through a company called Young Pioneer Tours, which is a China Chinese-based tour company that's regarded as being pretty safe for U.S. citizens mm-hmm. uh, to visit North Korea. It also, But it also uses the tagline, destinations your mother would rather you stayed away from. Oh, that is their destination at the time. But Otto is 22 and adventurous, and having visited other countries around the world, he thinks, what the hell, let's go and check out North Korea. Mm-hmm. On December 29th, 2015, Otto entered North Korea for a five-day visit across New Year's. He flew from Beijing, China into Pyongyang, which is the capital of North Korea. Is this like the DMZ zone or something? No, or this is a... This is like proper. This is a proper. So, okay. So... A very, very quick, short history in case you're very unfamiliar. North Korea, bad people. South Korea, better people. (laughs) The government. We'll say the The government. The government. Yeah, yeah. North Korea, South Korea, they had a war. They don't talk now. Most of the world doesn't like North Korea. They're bad neighbors. Are they frenemies? No, they're just flat-out enemies. Their DMZ is a little strip. It's like a neutral zone between the two. So they share an island, North being in the north. South being in the south, surprisingly. Mm. And there's a little strip along the border that's it's called the DMZ, the Demilitarized Zone. And you can actually visit that from South Korea as a little bit of a tour. But this was a legit flying into North Korea's capital, exploring North Korea on a very curated tour. Right. So this is not – North Korea is open to tourism to a degree, but it's not a come and see everything, come and see our forced labor camps. Mm. This is just a – Come and go to the exact places that we tell you to go to so we can show you that North Korea is fantastic when really it's a shithole. Got it. Got it. So they they were there for five days to explore. Curated, very manufactured version of North Korea because everybody knows North Korea is a shithole. And and you can take that for what it is. They are. They have a terrible, terrible human rights record and their government mm-hmm. feel very sorry for their people. Yes. So they spent New Year's celebrating around a main square, around in the capital, and then they went back to their hotel for some drinks. They were staying at the Yang Kado International Hotel. In his own admission, and you can take that for what it is after I explain the next part, after a few celebratory drinks, a young and adventurous traveler, Otto, tried to claim his own unique North Korea souvenir by attempting to steal a North Korean propaganda poster from the hotel. So some of you might be starting to get very familiar with this story. This happened a few years ago, international headlines. So basically, the idea is that at the hotel at about 2 o'clock in the morning, he wanted to – one of those old-school propaganda posters. Mm -hmm. We saw them in Cuba. Mm -hmm. One of those ones where it's like, uh, if you're not working, you're letting down the country or things like that. So there's one of those posters that's talking about the supreme leader and the work ethic of North Korea. Mm-hmm. It's hanging in the hotel, and he, he wants to get his own souvenir. Mm-hmm. Now, we did see these in Cuba, which yes, is also a communist country similar. At the cigar factory. At the cigar factory. There was, a, <laughs> there was a poster in that cigar factory that said uh, something along the lines translated, those who are not working are letting the country down, mm-hmm. something like that. Mm-hmm. Basically, like, if you're lazy, you're a piece of shit. So he knew that it would make a fun little keepsake for his trip to such a unique country. 
What he didn't know that stealing something like this is a very serious crime in North Korea. On January 2nd, while waiting at the airport in Pyongyang, Otto was arrested by two guards just before boarding his flight. Uh, wow. witnesses, witnesses say that they came over, they tapped him on the shoulder, and they basically both led him arm in arm out of the airport. And oh from the God. reports of the witnesses, he didn't look scared or too worried, and he just followed them away. Really? I would have shot myself. Yes. That's so terrifying. Other people on the trip were a little bit concerned. But they actually had no idea what was going on. Um, and then when they were on the plane, they said that somebody boarded the plane and said, Otto is very sick and he's been taken to the hospital. <gasps> and that's all they knew. Oh. So basically, he's been tapped on the shoulder, dragged away. All the other guests that were on the tour with him are thinking, mm, okay, are we like, what's happened? We've got no idea. Then some random person has just said, he's sick. Like a North Korean official? Yes, an official gets on the plane and just goes, oh, just so you know, and these are the quotes, Otto is very sick and has been taken to hospital. (gasps) Liars. Liars. So it gets out that he's actually been detained and there's been an incident, but North Korea aren't discussing anything. So there's no idea what's going on. So the last that anybody from the tour or anybody uh, communication they had with him was that he was being escorted Mm -hmm. out of the airport. Wow. That was it. That must have been so scary for the tour leaders. They're like, uh, what do we do? Exactly. So this is for like six, seven weeks. No, There's no word at all about what's going on with this guy. Wow. So a lot of time's passing. Obviously, his family is concerned. The US government is concerned. Everybody's concerned because they've got no idea where Otto is and what's going on. His poor parents. That must be so awful. No communication. So. Ugh. I don't even know if they know he's been detained at this stage. Like, I'm not really sure if it's clear because they haven't released any statements. All they did was drag him away and say he's sick, which I'm sure people in the tool company would have thought to themselves, well, he didn't look sick. Right. Like, you know, he might, might have been hung over on the 1st of January, but this is the 2nd <laughs> of January. He's ready to go home, and they just suddenly drag him away and say he's sick. Wow. And also, like, you don't get dragged away if you're sick. Right. It's clearly a fucking stitch up. Totally. So they got no idea. So there's no, no information about what's going on. Then on February the 29th, there's an interview that happens to the media. So I, I think this is telecast. It's either telecast internationally or it's made available internationally. But Otto comes out and does a media interview. And he doesn't look particularly worried, but he sort of – well, he doesn't, he doesn't. Like he's quite composed, but you can tell he's presented a statement that was either 100% – was not based on his free will right? or he's made something. And I'm going to read a quote from it because it's a very interesting quote. Okay. And I think that this really summarizes kind of the idea of like why they did this. So, you know, North Korea is all about propaganda. Totally. It's all about, you know, we treat our people properly and then the world's like, well, no, you don't. You guys are fucking forced labor camps and people live in terrible conditions. And everybody knows they have these human rights issues. And But then you're dealing with a U.S. citizen – so you've got to play, you've got to toe the line very carefully here. Yeah. So Otto makes a statement that makes it sound like he's being treated well uh, and that he was a terrible criminal. And this is what he said. I have been very impressed by the Korean government humanitarian treatment of, of a severe criminal like myself. Wow. And of their very fair and square legal procedures in the DPR, the Democratic People's Republic of Korea. Oh, my God. I understand the severity of my crime and I have no idea what sort of penalty I face. But I am begging to the Korean people and government for my forgiveness, and I'm praying to the heavens uh, so that I may be returned home to my family. 
Holy shit. So the whole time, so basically, so there's a lot of infamous, famous, I don't know what the word is. There's a lot of notable footage of him. He's wearing this beige blazer. He's got a little tie on. And most of the time, he's basically being dragged, manhandled by two people on either side of him. Have, did I, you see the video? I've seen the video. Does he look sickly or does he He doesn't he look-, look sickly. He just, I mean, he's probably, I mean, at this stage, he's been detained for about two months. That is such a long time. And so, but whenever you see the footage, you always see he's kind of like, he's walking, but it also seems as if he's limp and these two soldiers are just dragging him from place to place. And they're your typical North Korean stoic, dressed in full military uniform, no emotion on their face. Wow. Just dragging him from room to room across the media. And he sits down and he's got a piece of paper with a prepared statement. And he does seem fairly composed, but you can tell he's worried. Right. So he says that huge quote. And he, and then this is the weirdest part. He gets up and he takes his very low and very slow bow. And then when he comes back up, he just bursts into tears crying. Aww. This is the footage that a lot of people have seen. That's and we'll put, so we'll put awful. links to these videos. And he basically bursts and he cries out, saying like begging for their forgiveness, for their forgiveness. And he says, "I've made the worst mistake of my life." Oh my god, that and that's poor kid! One of the footage that you know it comes out. That's so awful. So then, still not a lot of people. So then, obviously, the US are involved in the di- diplomacy of trying to get him back, and North Korea are obviously want to charge him for crimes against the state. And then all this stuff comes out. People have talked. Nothing is conclusive, so everything that I say today is alleged. Mm-hmm. People, there are stories of him of being tortured. There are stories that he was coerced to write that statement. I, I mean, mean, come on. That exactly. statement sounds pretty propagandary. A hundred percent. There's nothing that I can, can say that can confirm it, but I mean, come on. Yeah. You're Who says they've been treated fair and square? By North Korea. Yeah, come on. So then some things start coming out like, uh, that apparently he was trying to steal the poster on behalf of this secret society called the Z Society, which has ties back to the University of Virginia, which is where he goes to college, okay. which apparently has ties to the CIA. A lot of people are calling bullshit on all of these things. It sounds like North Korea basically being paranoid uh-huh. about this. I mean, he was in a staff-only area of the hotel trying to take this poster down. Uh-huh. He's not in the fucking military room. Right. With a thumb drive with a USB he, stuck into the computer downloading yeah. military war plans. Like, with like fake fingerprints to get in, a retina scan. Yeah. He's in a hotel, even if it was a staff era, he's trying to take a poster off. Yeah. Which I understand, you know, every country has their own rules and you need to be respectful and abide by those. But you know what I mean. He's not caught in he's not caught scanning the general's hard drive. He's not wearing a fake mustache. He's not wearing a fake mustache. He's a twenty year old twenty two year old kid. 2 a.m. allegedly on hotel security CCT footage. He's a 22-year-old kid from the U.S. on New Year's Day after drinking New Year's Eve. I mean, that could literally be anybody. Like, you think, oh, I would never go to North Korea and do something so stupid. But, like, once you start drinking and you're being silly and you're with your friends or whatever, people do silly stuff. like. And that- that's not even that silly. Yeah. It's not even that out of the ordinary. I mean... Like that post, thinking to our own experience in Cuba, mm-hmm. that poster that we saw was really fucking cool and very unique. Mm-hmm. I would have loved a poster like that. Right. Had Like, would I consider trying to find a way to steal that poster and sneak it off? Maybe. Hopefully I don't know. not now. Hopefully not now. But I'm saying, give me a couple of Havana Club rums in my... And when you're 22, 
Like that's re- really young. Yeah, and it's just a little a little something. But he abandoned his plan anyway. He didn't even try. And, he didn't even take it. By the way. Oh, he didn't take it. No, he didn't take it. Oh. So the, the, apparently he took the the poster. So it wasn't just a piece of paper. It was kind of like it looked like almost it was framed. It was quite big. Okay. So he took it off the wall, and you can see the CCT footage of this. Okay. He takes it off the wall. And then he just basically puts it on the ground and maybe realizes it's too big and doesn't take it. But he doesn't he oh, doesn't he actually doesn't take it. He doesn't take it. So all he does is pick up a piece of a framed piece of paper Attempted and puts it on to the steal wall. It. Yeah, I don't think they found it in his bag. Oh, I thought he had it with him. No, I don't think at so. At the airport. Okay. I, I don't think so. I didn't read anything about that. That's so interesting. So So then it's more of like they think he's a spy. Yeah, something like that. Or they just want to teach Taurus a lesson. Like, don't fuck with anything here. Uh, so on March 16th, 2016, so he's been held there for two and a half months. He has his trial. And they use the CCT footage of him at his hotel. They use his confession, take it for what it is. I mean, he's calling himself a severe criminal. You know what I mean? Like, Does he get a lawyer? Uh, I don't know. Huh. But the thing is, I'm, I'm assuming he does. But here's the thing, like, he, I mean, he called himself a severe criminal. Yeah. Like, he's obviously trying to win the favor uh-huh. of the North Korean government by mm-hmm. by just telling them what they want to hear. Right. I mean, I attempted to steal a poster from a fucking staff-only hotel area. I'm a severe criminal. I okay. mean, if they have it on TV, then, you know, on footage. Well, that's also, that's debatable as well. Oh. Like, you, it's not a clear vision of him. Okay. Yeah, so there's a lot of stuff that people are like, eh. Mm. So they, they say they've got the CCT footage, his confession, uh, and also fingerprints to charge him. The trial took less than an hour, and he was charged with subversion mm-hmm. to the and basically disrespecting North Korea, and mm-hmm. he was sentenced to 15 years of hard labor. Oh, that's so heartbreaking. So this becomes a hotly contested issue between North Korea and the U.S. Yeah. And a lot of people are saying that Otto is likely captured and charged as a political move to try and oh. create some leverage between the North Korean government and the U.S. Oh. And some people are saying he was set up. And there's a lot of theories. So this it's, so this case in itself could be like almost one of those serial type things. Like there's uh-huh. so many theories and things like that. But basically in a nutshell, people are thinking that – this could be some reason that North Korea are trying to capture him and then use leverage over the US, like, give us those, let's get rid of those sanctions and we'll give you back this kid. Wow. So there's a lot of ongoing political talks that are happening in 2016 with the Obama administration and they roll over into 2017 with the Trump administration and they're going back and forth and, you know, the US is obviously trying to get this kid back. Meanwhile, the parents are, you know, the Secretary of State and everybody's trying to do diplomacy and all this sort of stuff. But... The whole time, no one's had any contact with him. Mm. So nobody's contacted him regularly. And it's released in early June of 2016. Uh, sorry, of June 2017. So he's been in there for like 14 months now. Uh. That Otto's actually been in a coma since April 2016. Okay. I remember the coma. Wow, since April. Jesus. Okay. So that was only a couple months after, or what, a month after the trial? About they say shortly after the trial, so basically since April. So the, the trial was March sixteenth, mm-hmm. and then a few weeks later, since April two thousand sixteen, he falls into a coma. Mm-hmm. And North Korea says that it is a result of contracting botulism. Okay, which is some like kind of, of foodborne bacteria. I didn't want to go too much off track. Mm-hmm. I didn't really understand what it is. Some kind of foodborne bacteria. Okay, 
But they say basically that he contracted botulism from food and then he mixed that with a sleeping pill and it turned him into a comatose state. And that's how he's been since April 2016. Okay. So 17 months later, it's now June 2017, and they find out in early June that this is the state he's in. Wow. So the family in the US are notably fucking livid. Yeah. Because they're like, well, wh- what sort of treatment has he been getting? Right. How come nobody told us? That's what the fuck so is going awful. on? And eventually they are able to work out a exchange or transfer or something like that. And Otto is finally medically transferred back to Cincinnati on June 13th, still in a comatose state. Mm. So that it's this huge operation that has to go underway. They send a whole medical team to North Korea to rescue him. They find him there basically still in a comatose state. They have to do this whole medical evacuation to get him back safely because he's still hooked up to all this stuff. And they bring him back. They finally are able to bring him back to the US and back to his family on June 13th. But he's not in a very good way. Right. Always in a terrible way, actually. And now the US medical care is able to take over and, and start looking into him. The doctors uh, find out that, unfortunately, um, after checking numerous brain scans and all sorts of things, that Otto is actually in a permanent vegetative state mm. and he's unresponsive. And they call it unresponsive wakefulness. So he has his eyes open. <gasps> Whoa. And he can blink and he can breathe on his own, but he's it's like the lights are on but no one's home. Mm-hmm. So his eyes are open, he's breathing, he can blink. But he can't feed himself, and obviously nothing else is is working properly. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, they do all the tests on him. Now, it's interesting. They ran all the tests, and they said that they couldn't see any signs of torture hmm. or beatings. They Are there do signs s- of botulism. Well, no, there isn't. And they say that, that it, his medical case becomes a huge mystery. Whoa. So. They can't prove that he had it. They also can't prove that he didn't have it mm, at that stage because okay. so much time has passed. Yeah. And they basically can't really tell. Some people are saying that he could have had it. They do brain scans. They scan his body. They check for scars. They check for all this sort of stuff. They don't see any obvious scans and signs of torture or abuse. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, but then there's these other stories that say he had these scars on his feet. They were undetermined. Mm. And that's where they could have possibly used electroshock. Oh. Thera- like not therapy, but torturing right. to try and get stories out of him and things yeah. like that. So there's all this very inconclusive evidence where some doctors say that it actually looked like he was in fairly good condition. Hmm. They said that if if he had been in a coma for the last year, and they did get some medical records off the North Korean doctors mm-hmm. that showed, I mean, how much of that could be doctored or not, who knows. Right. But there are uh, MRI scans from April tr- 2016 and June 2016, so not long after he got into the coma, that show like his brain and his imaging and all things like that, and then mm-hmm. show that he was in that state. Mm. And doctors said that if he was basically laying down in a hospital bed for a year, that he actually was in pretty good condition, like his skin and all that sort of stuff, like he'd been taken care of. Huh. But then his parents seemed to believe that his teeth looked like they'd been mangled. Wow. And then other people said that. They looked fine. So there's a lot of debate about... Like they tortured him with his teeth or something? Well, maybe like somebody's talked about maybe his teeth look like someone had tried to like pull them out with pliers or something. Whoa. But then other people said that dental records showed that his teeth were fine. Hmm. There's a lot of inconsistencies going back and forth. Wow. With 
also how Otto might have been used as a political tool mm-hmm. for the US to sort mm-hmm. of use him as an example. There's a lot of weird stuff. The, the case is very interesting, but without going too much in turning it into a huge thing. Conspiracy. In, conspiracy, theory. absolutely. That is the case of Otto, the un, very unfortunate case of Otto. Um, and so what actually ended up happening is the doctors said that after doing all their scans that there was significant deterioration of his brain. There's basically zero chance that he would ever recover mm-hmm. um, from, from his state. And so his parents requested that his feeding tube be removed. Mm-hmm. And as a result, he died six days later. Wow. So on June 19, 2017, at age 22, Otto passed away uh, in hospital surrounded by his family. That is very sad. Very sad story. Very sad ending to what was just a very, I don't know, just a very un- like uncalculated prank. I know. Oh, it's so awful because pretty much every person when they're young has done something stupid that could, you know, do like just something stupid. And the thing is, like, if you do it in a country like North Korea, the consequences are so much higher. But oh, that's so awful. How sad for that family. Yep. So my travel takeaway from this is well, one of two things. So, you know, obviously there's a U.S. advisory against visiting North Korea. Mm-hmm. And as travelers and explorers, you know, you have to take your own judgment call on that. Mm-hmm. But my travel takeaway would be to to take those, to look into the countries you're going to, especially mm-hmm. if they're places that have those advisories. And I'm not saying don't travel to them. Mm-hmm. And I'm not saying don't travel to North Korea. We know people have been to North Korea. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, you, you have to go at your own risk. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying go to Syria. Right. Uh, but you have to really understand these places. And it just comes down to education. Totally. Like if you are there, I mean, if he was set up, then he was set up. Mm-hmm. There's not much you can do about it. Right. Except avoid the place. Mm. But if he wasn't set up and he did actually try to, yeah, shit, shit luck. And also mm. probably shit luck with the medical stuff as well. Mm. I'm going to have to go into some sort of rabbit hole. Is there like a lot of Reddit threads about this? There's a lot of information. Yeah, I'm gonna have to go do some digging. We'll do some more follow-ups. I love later a good on. conspiracy. Yeah, theory, yeah, you so. you like this case. We'll do some more follow-ups. Okay, that sounds super interesting. Yeah, I mean, as travel bloggers, we're always discussing the question of do you support these countries and go visit them, even though they are so terrible to mm-hmm. their own people. And if you do, like, is your money going towards the government? Is it going towards locals? There's so many questions, but... There's a lot of ethical questions that are wrapped up in it. Mm-hmm. Not just North Korea, but, you know, Saudi Arabia and other countries. But honestly, that sucks. Like, you know... Yeah, what very... A what shitty a, yeah, shitty, situation. shitty ending. Yeah, that's very sad. But that's a really interesting story. I didn't know a lot of those details. I didn't either. I, I knew... I knew... I remember hearing about it... Um, but yeah, really didn't know much about it. I knew there was mm. something about him and a poster or he tried, you know. Mm. I remember hearing when he first got locked up as yeah. well. I was like, oh, a US citizen's locked up for trying to steal a poster. And then I remember right. seeing the footage of him crying and being like, wow, that guy copped a fucking raw deal. Yeah. And then obviously you didn't hear a lot because a lot of stuff happened behind the scenes. You didn't hear from him because nobody heard from him. Right. And then suddenly it was just like he's coming home and then he's dead. Right. And it's like, whoa. Yeah. That, like, I don't even remember this story. And then suddenly, like, he's home and then he's dead. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I remember it was the very, coma. We- very weird. Yeah. Yeah. But basically, they came, they brought him home in a coma. Yep. Well, at then- least they got him back. You know, I think that's a little oh, bit of huge. closure. It's huge. And the parents were very appreciative of the support from the US government. Mm-hmm. Um, 
But yeah, a lot of weird, a lot of weird, I mean, there's a lot of stuff like if you want to get, dig deep into this, we can post some links to some stories um, that I use for my research and you can follow the rabbit hole. I know Christine will be doing that. But there's a lot of stuff about Trump sort of flip-flopping between his opinions. Hmm. North Korea were the ones who did this. Oh, I met with Kim Jong-il and I, I believe him when he said that he didn't know. Like that's yeah. like one of Trump's statements is during one of their summits, this issue was brought up and he says, oh, I believe him when he said that he didn't know that he was, you know, and it's like, mm. fuck off. You, yeah. you know. And then he goes back another time when he's warring with North Korea and he's like, oh, they were responsible. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, Trump is basically, it feels like Trump has used this situation as a political tool mm. without no getting into politics. There. No surprise there, but fuck that guy. So, <laughs> <laughs> Wow. Well, that's very sad, but thank yep. you for telling that story. Yes. So there you go, guys. I know, you know, probably a little bit of a downer. Uh, but it's interesting. But, but it's interesting and that's travel. And also if, if it helps people, you know, our travel takeaways are supposed to be showing you ways to not get yourself in this situation. Yeah, well, if you've been to North Korea, we'd love to hear your experience. I yes. think it'd be interesting to hear firsthand. We know a few people. We should hit them up. Mm. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Let's see if Christine can lighten the mood a little bit now. I can definitely lighten the mood. So I'm going to tell a couple stories, a couple lighter stories. All righty. I need it. I need a little bit of a okay. A little bit of a pick-me-up right now. Okay, well, I'm going to tell also, some stories. Also, wait, before you jump into Christine... Okay. Give us some feedback on what sort of stories you like. Mm, yes. We're interested. We've been asking this question to ourselves. Do you want just funny stories? Do you want more serious stories? Do you like the mystery stories? Mm. Like if our story of Lars, the guy from Bulgaria who went missing, was one of our most popular stories. Mm-hmm. People love that story. Do you like that story or do you just want to hear funny shit? Yeah. Let or us know. do you want to get dark into some true crime? Because I can, I can bring Christine that to you. Christine wants to bring some true crime stories into travel I travel almost stories. did a much sadder story today, so I'm glad I didn't do that because this would have been one depressing episode. Yes. But let us know. We'd love your feedback. Yes. Seriously. So I am telling a couple stories on the theme of cruises. Cruises. One of our favorite ways to travel. No. Just kidding. Cruises. No. Suck. No. Okay, I was going to say no shade to cruises, but they're kind of shit. They're terrible for the environment, and uh, they make you sick. Well, they make me sick. They make so. you sick. I think Christine has a personal vendetta against cruises because she has she gets motion sickness. So yeah. I don't know. They're not that bad. I also get like uh, cabin fever, you know, like mm. I just want to get out of the ocean. Freaks me out. Anyway. Well, our experience is, if we must share it with people, is that our experience was a two-week cruise from Colombia across mm-hmm. the Atlantic to Portugal, where we didn't see land for about 13 days straight. That's we were stuck correct. on the one boat. So that is a different kind of cruise. That, is a, that was a whole that other was a whole animal. other thing. I'm sure if you went on a cruise where you stopped off regularly, it's not our style of travel, put it this way. Yeah. But I'm sure that there are much better cruises and maybe a river cruise or something oh, like I that. Oh, I would love to do a river cruise. Yeah. That'd be okay. great. So we're not shading all the cruises, but if we had to rank them, they're our least favorite Way to travel. Well, listen to this cruise. Okay, so you let's thought do two it. weeks was a long time. Oh ho. Carolyn Jasinski is on the Sea Princess, which is a cruise ship setting sail from Sydney around the world for 104 days on the sea. Is she traveling by herself? I don't. Yes. She's actually a speaker on the cruise. Oh, I was about to say, she got no friends. She is a she speaker. She got no friends in life. She got no friends. But she got no friends. She's working. I'm okay. not sure what she's speaking about, but she's speaking about something. She's speaking about what it's like to live on a cruise and have no friends. For 104 days. 
Which sounds terrible. That's terrible. It sounds terrible to me, but a lot of people would like that. You get to see the world. You don't have is to worry everybody about meals. Else, but, but not everybody else is on that cruise for that long, are they? There's 1,900 passengers. For, for that long? For I, I'm not sure if there are, some of them are going off and on or uh, they're on there for worldwide. Okay. Some people are probably doing part, partial legs because that's a long that's time a long to be time. at sea. That's a long time, yeah, yeah. So this is a big It's like ass, a hop-on, hop-off. It's a hop-on, hop-off. It's a hop-on, hop-off cruise. Cruise ship. It's the Sea Princess. It has about 1,900 passengers. So it's a big boy. A big boy. It's a big lady. It's a big... It's a princess. It's a big princess. It's a big princess. That's one big princess. So on the first leg of the cruise, they're going from Sydney to Dubai. They've stopped in Melbourne and Fremantle, which is are in Australia. Yep. And then they're moving on to Sri Lanka and, uh, and then to Dubai. So during their crossing of this area, which is... They're traveling for 10 days through the Indian Ocean, Arabian Sea, Gulf of Adanand. I feel yep. like I wrote that wrong. And the Suez Canal. So that area of the world. Yes. If you know okay. about where that is. Yep. Indian it's Ocean. Indian Ocean section. So they're traveling through there. And during their crossing of this area, they get an announcement that there's going to be a dusk till dawn blackout on the ship. Oh, sounds like a party. It's the opposite of a party. It's the exact opposite. So they can't have any deck parties, which, you know, cruisers love deck parties. They love it. (laughs) They love those deck parties. They can have no bright lights. Curtains must be drawn. Shutters must be closed. No one can be on their balconies. This is dusk till dawn, so the whole evening. They basically can't be out on the deck. They can't be out, like, looking at the horizon or stargazing. There's no outdoor movies. None of the events are okay. going on. What? why? So guests are starting to speculate. There's, the rumor mill is milling about. They're trying to figure out what's going on. They're wondering if they're thwarting some sort of planned terrorist attack. Maybe it's a neurovirus outbreak. They're not sure. They're not getting any information. So they're trying to fly under the radar. Flying under the radar. Finally, the captain addresses the ship and tells them that they must be prepared for a pirate attack. Oh. Mm, Did you see that one coming? I'm the captain now. I am the captain now. So they're traveling through this high-risk area for piracy, which is the area that I told you before, for 10 days. So Indian Ocean area. Uh, apparently they had been, the crew had been playing a documentary on everybody's cabin about piracy on the high seas. So then they're like, And we're oh, not okay. talking about internet piracy. We're not right. talking about people downloading illegal movies here. We are not talking about that. We are talking about legit uh, iPad, uh, parrot on the shoulder, hook, hand, pirate. We're talking pirate. Tom Hanks, I'm the captain Get now. the booty kind of pirate. Get the booty. Booty pirate. <laughs> they're booty Booty pirates. pirates. Watch out. <laughs> booty pirate. <laughs> pirate party. <laughs> yeah. They have to do pirate drills. So basically. Uh, pirate jokes. Pirate jokes. Let's talk like a pirate day every yeah. day during these 10 days. So they had to basically prepared, be prepared for what to do if there's a pirate attack. So like crew goes to their muster stations. Passengers go to their cabins to be counted. They're advised to sit on the floor of their cabins and hang on to handrails in case the ship has to maneuver away from pirates and they get knocked over. They're also told that passengers with outside cabins should close their balcony doors, then go into the hallway and lock their, sorry, lock their balcony doors, go into the hallway and lock the 
entrance doors to their room. So that way there's two metal doors between them and the pirates. All right. Which is like, okay, this is like a thing. This is really happening. And at this stage, if you have guns, uh, prepare them, arm them. Yeah, exactly. any bayonets, cutlets. Pretty much. No, cutlasses. Cutlet, chicken cutlets. If you have lamb cutlets, get your um, chicken cutlets out. Everybody knows that pirates love lamb cutlets. Just throw them overboard. Leave them at the door, and a pirate will take your cutlet and leave you alone. Yeah, that's pretty much international known as pirate diplomacy. Yes, all pirates love cutlets. Pirates love cutlets. So they are doing these drills, and everybody's kind of like, what the hell? No one told us about this crazy blackout. I don't see this on the itinerary. Yeah, right? Isn't that crazy? So they're kind of making jokes. They're like, oh, well, we've seen... What was that movie? Yeah, I... I, I am the captain now. What is that called? I, I don't know. It's with Tom Hanks. It's with Tom Hanks. He's He's basically... He was the captain, and then he wasn't the captain and anymore. Then the other guy is now the captain. And that guy was a limo driver. Like, the, he was an actor. And then he he was a limo driver, and then he became an actor. Yeah, and then he, first he was a pirate. First he was a pirate. First he was a pirate. Captain Phillips. Captain Phillips. So they're all joking. They're like, we've seen Captain Phillips. We'll be fine. Ha, ha, ha. We know. Ha, ha, ha. So he, was, he was just really a taxi driver. Officers are on watch 24-7. They have high-pressure fire hoses ready to spray the pirates. Because everybody knows pirates are like gremlins once they get wet. That it's like the Wicked Witch of the West. Yeah. The hoses are actually filled with detergent solution to make it extra slippery. So if the pirates try to climb on board, they will slip yep. and fall, which sounds like a cartoon. And in case the pirates are wearing white T-shirts, they can turn it into a pirate wet T-shirt contest. Woo! Woo! Bubble foam party. Booty pirates. <laughs> Booty pirates love the foam party. The bo- <laughs> so they also have a sonic boom that can knock the pirates off their ladders, oh. which I think is pretty interesting. And apparently during the drill, three cabins didn't participate because they wanted to continue playing their game of bridge. Mm. They got shamed by the captain over the loudspeaker. So Shade. They got shade. They got shade. I mean, you know, if you're in an exciting bridge game, you got to focus on that. So luckily, no pirates ended up taking over the ship, but the passengers had to go on a 10-day blackout where they... For 10 days? From dusk till dawn. They couldn't do anything... And they were f- probably really freaked out for all 10 days. I mean, if you you're would on... demand your money back. You would think, right? For 10 days they had to do that? Yes. And the article said this is actually really common procedure. But I don't know if they're telling the passengers before they get on the ship that this is going to be happening. Wow. And apparently the captain was going nuts because passengers were reporting any little fishing boat that was passing by. And that everybody was on lookout for these pirates. So i got a question about this. Aren't the pirates using some kind of GPS thing? Can't they just tell if there's a ship in the area? Or are, are, are the pirates literally just sailing these shitty little boats around hoping to see one? I am not sure. I think the idea was that even if there was a ship, they wanted to act like nobody was aboard, so there was nothing worth stealing aboard. Do you know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, okay. But if you saw a cruise ship, you'd be like, I know there's someone on there. Yeah, but if all the lights are out at night, you would think, oh, it's probably a repositioning yeah, cruise where or, nobody's on board. Or every cruise ship does that now at night. I don't know. 
Every cruise ship makes it dark. Everybody has to be dark all the know. time uh, to get through that area. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. But basically, this woman uh, who was telling the story has said that it was exciting in a terrifying way. So when the captain finally got through that area, did he get on the speaker and go, I'm still the captain now? Yeah. And they had a huge party. Yeah. Really I party. would like to think. Pirate party. Yeah. What do you think? What would you think if you were on a boat and they were like, okay, we have to be dark the whole night? In case pirates come. Well, the best part about cruising sometimes is like hanging out at night. Right. And going to the, the clubs and the casinos and the things like that. Exactly. And it seemed like, I mean, I would be pretty freaked I would be pretty freaked out. It would be pretty hard to sleep at night. If Right. Totally. You'd, you'd almost become nocturnal because who could go to sleep easy that night knowing that you could get a bang on the door with a pirate asking you for a, a lamb cutlet? It's especially, I mean, what if you only have chicken cutlets and they're particular to lamb? Yeah. That could be problematic. Very. Especially if you have an outside cabin and it's just the balcony in your way. And you're just out there with a little hand soap trying to like make it slippery for him. Exactly. You're just pumping hand soap onto the pirate. (laughs) When they said that, I was thinking, what if they had high pressure hoses with banana peels and they were just shooting that out? So that was extra slippery. Whoa. You just see a pirate on a like riding these banana peel roller skates down the boat. Whoa. Exactly. It's literally a cartoon. Yeah. It literally sounds like a cartoon. Damn. Yeah. So apparently that is a thing that happens. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Isn't that crazy? That is crazy. Well, if I was on that ship, I would uh I don't know. I just you just have to just roll with it. Yeah. It would suck though. You spend so much yeah, money. I'd be more disappointed in the fact I'd be like, Well, if the pirates are gonna rob me, like rob me day one and then I can fucking get on with it. And totally. Enjoy it. Unless there's another boat. Mm. Mm. You'd be pretty unlucky to get robbed twice. Yeah. It'd be pretty it's like bad. lightning. What they say about pirates is like lightning. Yeah. Never get robbed twice. Yeah. Exactly. I don't know. They could say that. They could say it. But it sounded like they had some cool stuff on this boat, like outdoor movie nights, stargazing, deck parties. When when it was up and running. Exactly. And, mm. and what if you only booked like a two-week vacation and 10 of those days you're in lockdown? I wonder if there's some kind of insurance or if you sign away that. You I'm not I mean? sure. It sounded like they were completely caught off guard. Do you think that you would be more freaked out that the pirates could come aboard and rob you? Or do you think you'd be more frustrated that you can't have fun on the ship? I'd be ship? more frustrated because the pirates aren't there to kill you. Okay. They're there to rob you. So if obviously they don't want the pirates to rob you, but if the pirates came on board and started killing people, then it changes the game completely. Totally. Like if these pirates start killing foreign internationals, then... It's way different. Like robbing them, it's they don't have the resources to to follow up with every boat that gets robbed because piracy in that area, part of the world is massive. Right. Well, they don't have the resources to follow up every kind of robbery. But if the pirates started getting on and shooting people and killing people, that would from be from the US and from things like that. They there would be way too much heat from the international community not to do something. Someone would get fucked up. Yeah, for sure. Well, they said the article did say that sometimes ships get taken hostage for like multiple days. Yeah. I mean, isn't that what Captain Phillips is? Uh, Yeah, I guess so. Yeah. That's pretty common. They, yeah. they They capture and they hold them ransom. So off the coast of Somalia, which is probably, is that where Captain Phillips was? Yeah, Somalian was, pirates. Yeah. So they're obviously one of the biggest Off the coast of the Horn, the Horn of Africa. It's a... It's a big trade route area mm-hmm. uh, for cargo ships and things like that. That's right. not like as much cruising, but mostly cargo. That So it has – obviously it has uh, foreign nationals, but it also has some kind of booty 
so to speak. Some booty. Well, so apparently those boats, if they're captured, the cargo and crew are usually taken back to Somalian waters and often held for ransom. Mm -hmm. And then the crew can be tortured. And some of those ships are kept for four to six months in those waters. And one was kept for 12 months. So that's not cruise ships, but, you know, that's yeah. still pretty scary. Well, a, lot, a lot of those cruise ships also sometimes hire mercenaries to protect them. Mm. Because once it's, so if, if pirates actually try to take over your ship, then they can fire back. Yeah. And they can kill. And you, I mean, especially if you're in international waters. Yeah. So a lot of those ships have that. And a lot of also those ships also, I think that a lot of those passengers basically have to sign away their rights like for ransom. Mm. So, because it's just so frequent. Wow. But instead, yeah, they basically have armed militia on the boat to try and combat pirates. Why would you need armed militia when you have uh, laundry detergent? Laundry detergent. High-pressured hoses with detergent. <laughs> you ever thought about that? You ever heard of it? Yeah. Who needs guns? Just get some detergent. There we go. Well, I think that's enough for this week. I have a couple more funny cruise stories, but I'll save them for next week. So if you're interested in the cruise industry, listen up. Anything bad happening on these cruises? Yes, but, oh. our, but, but it ends in a good way. Okay. Well, our podcast is about when shit goes wrong on the road. So usually something is going to happen. Mm -hmm. And the outcome, as you heard today, can sometimes be positive and sometimes, unfortunately, be negative. But that is travel and that is life. And we thought we'd like to tell you a bit of a mixture mm -hmm. of the episodes. We've got a bit more serious today. But please give us feedback. Tell us what you like to hear and we'll cater to you. Yeah, or, or not. Or not, but we probably will. We probably will. Because we like you, dear Voyagers. Dear Voyagers, we like you, and we love that you are continuing to follow our journey and supporting us. Please keep sending in all your stories. We love them. Mm -hmm. And, you know, if you've just got something nice to say, we also like that as well. Where should they send this feedback? Well, you can hit us up on the social meds at Not So Bon Voyage on Instagram and Twitter, or you can visit the website, notsobonvoyage.com. You'll see all the show notes of the episode, the descriptions, the links, the stories, if you want to follow the rabbit hole. You can also email us in your stories via the website. And we can't wait to hear from you. And we can't wait for you to rate, review, and subscribe our podcast because that is what keeps us going week to week, month to month. Year to year. Which we Maybe. haven't done yet. We haven't gotten quite there, but this will be better. But with your support, we can make it happen. Yes. All right, guys, we are out of here. Stay safe on the road, and if you're not... Don't forget to tell us about it. Bye, bitches.